Hey, welcome to Conversations on the Co-Mission, a podcast where we're talking about the topics, the trends, and the issues in missions that impact missionaries and the churches that partner with them. My name is Tony Balava. With me today is Stephen Madoff. Well, hey there, Tony. Let's start our podcast off today with some celebratory remarks. Can I say to you, happy anniversary. Wow. 52 weeks and we haven't gotten trouble once. I, I know. That's, <laughs> it's actually amazing. There's been times I've, I've wondered. But we, we, have, we are hitting our 52nd episode. That means one year of mm-hmm. putting out conversations on the commission. Yeah. It's been wonderful. And, and I have thoroughly enjoyed the topics we've been able to mm-hmm. converse about, the people we've yeah. been able to interview, the things mm-hmm. that we have just been able to cover regarding missions as it uh, deals with the the churches here in the States and right. the missionaries yeah. that they partner with. Yeah, it's it's been a great opportunity. Thankful for those who listen. And interestingly enough, we actually have people who have been listening for the whole 52 weeks as well. And so we're appreciative of how the Lord is using the podcast, how it's grown in its audience. And uh, we really count it a privilege. Like we say every week, we do count it a privilege to spend time with everybody who listens each and every week this way. And um, looking forward to... Uh, However many more the Lord lets us do. Since it's our anniversary special, you got to mm. do something special. You right. know, you got to got to do something that just like you'd celebrate mm-hmm. your wedding anniversary. You want to do something go. special, not a normal uh, event. So we are breaking out the special guests today. Not just guests, <laughs> special guests. We have with <laughs> us today uh, Brian and Jamie Cohn. They mm. are missionaries serving in the country of Thailand. My part of the world. Yeah. Yay. It's great yeah. to have some representation from Southeast Asia uh, here with us. And so Brian and Jamie have come in. They've been here at BIMI today just kind of giving an update on things in their field. And mm. to us as directors, we love hearing what goes yeah. on around the world and what the Lord's doing through the lives of missionary families associated with BIMI. And so Brian and Jamie, have been they've come in today to do that. And so we thought, hey, ha, ha, we're going <laughs> to peg them to be a part of our podcast. So, hey, let's bring in Brian and Jamie. It's good to have you guys with us. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Tell us kind of the summary of your life. Well, um, I started going to our church, Joshua Baptist Church, whenever I was 16. And uh, a few years later, I got saved and uh, called to preach, served the Lord there. And then my wife came along a few years later, and we met, got married, and served the Lord together. And uh, while serving there at the church on staff, I was the missions director. And uh, through that, God pricked my heart for missions. Mm. And uh, after lots of prayer and decision-making, we knew that God wanted us to be uh, missionaries, and then uh, after looking over a field of different countries, we decided upon Thailand because we figured uh, Thailand, uh, in our opinion, needed more missionaries. Didn't necessarily need us, but they needed someone, and so we surrendered to go to Thailand and uh, came to BIMI in 2009 for the uh, candidate school, and we were surprisingly approved. <laughs> and so uh, then uh, we went to debutation and. Uh, left for the field in January 2014 and are still there today. So, well, it's great to have you guys with us. And, and I know you guys are also back for here in the states at this time for a very special occasion. You know, th- this is the special episode. You know, there's always those shows that have the special episode. This is our special episode. So, you guys are here for back for a special occasion. Um 
particularly to bring your daughter back here to the States. To She has just started college. Yes, sir. And, uh, you know, we have talked in the past about this, the challenge that that is, um, families being, you know, apart and things. So we're going to we're going to tug at the emotional heartstrings and ask you guys uh, what is it like how do you, how does how does a missionary family prepare when their kid is used to growing up uh, you know for a good chunk of their years overseas and now they're coming back here to the states what are some of the things you guys have done to help prepare that transition for your daughter and i don't really know what we did to prepare <laughs> her necessarily um all i know is I think many times in the last maybe year, year and a half, we almost tried to ignore it because we didn't want to actually deal with it face to face. Uh, When we determined that we were going to leave for the field and surrender, it never entered my mind that we would have to say goodbye to our kids in America and then go back to Thailand. And so uh, just dealing with that and thinking about that was super difficult for us. But uh, I think we had to make small baby steps in uh, deciding where she would want to go, what she, well, we always knew what she wanted to do. She always wanted to be a teacher her whole life. That's what she's always wanted to do. And so wherever else that she wanted to serve the Lord uh, might be something else, but she always wanted to be a teacher. And so there was a decision-making process of where she wanted to go. Mm -hmm. And uh, we just continued to make baby steps about thinking what we were going to do. One thing that was difficult for us and for her is when she had to go into her bedroom and decide that she had to pack everything up because she was leaving forever. And so we had to sit down and have a conversation and explain to her that this is still her home Mm -hmm. and it's Thailand and she can come back uh, and that would still be her room and that would be her home. Mm -hmm. So she didn't have to pack everything up and put it in boxes. It could still, part of it remain there. And so that was a sad day and a sad time realizing that, that she was thinking she was going to have to leave forever, and we had to make sure that she knew that that until she's married and, and off, that our home is still her home. And so mm-hmm. we may convert it into a, uh, uh, a man cave or something else like that, but she always can come <laughs> back to, to our home. And so uh, that was a difficult day, and I guess about maybe four or five weeks before we were on our way back to America, uh, we all had kind of a sad night and cried and together and stuff like that. So it was just... Um, I don't know. It's been sad, uh, but fantastic at the same time, knowing that she's growing up. But um, I never considered that she would actually grow up and leave. So I've tried to talk her out of it many times (laughs) and convince her that she can just stay uh, with with us. But uh, uh, just different things we tried to do to uh, determine that she was going to leave. And so small things of packing up and shopping and, and different things like that to prepare. So. Well, I know, having been out to you guys in Bangkok, Thailand, Bangkok, Thailand is completely different than where she is at here in the United States. Yes. Mm-hmm. I, it's, you know, as we would say in Australia, it's chalk and cheese, completely different. Yes. And, and so how, how does one prepare for that adjustment, you know, in a sense? Like, has she struggled? Has she adjusted well? Has she been excited? Is it like, oh, brand new chapter in my life? And, like, how do you think that that, has gone because it's completely different than what she has grown up as grown up in in her formative years 
I wouldn't say that she struggled initially whenever we were talking about, okay, what is California like compared to what is Bangkok, Thailand like? But one thing that she did not have a grasp of was public transportation is not readily available in the states in cities like it is in Bangkok. I mean, from a motorcycle taxi to a tuk-tuk or a regular taxi, the train systems that we have. We have above ground, underground, on the ground. I mean, just so many different ways that my kids travel around the big city. And that was a rude awakening for her because one of the things that she and my son have not had the opportunity of is getting an American driver's license, being able to have that type of an experience at the age of 16. So here's an 18 year old and she's like, oh, it's no big deal. I'll just, you know, I'll just call a taxi or something. And we were like, well, there's probably not very many taxis readily available in Lancaster, California. (laughs) So I think that was a little bit of a, I would say a rude awakening. I don't think it was a discouragement but one of those things where she was like oh okay and then you know of course after a little bit of research we realized that the school has shuttle and some of the students on campus do have vehicles and they'll team up and you know make sure that those who don't have vehicles are taken care of so I would say that was one of the eye-opening things for her and then also maybe a struggle that we didn't realize you would face would be when you do return to the states and you don't have a driver's license after the age of 16 because everybody everywhere assumes every 16 year old has one then there's some different challenges like changing her account from being a minor account to an adult account and setting up banking things and her life insurance policy changing and just different things like that that you have to provide all this documentation. So that was a different step that I would say as far as paperwork process that I don't think any of us were expecting or prepared for. There were lots of headaches to deal with opening different accounts and all that because she just didn't have a lot of ID or things like that. Yeah. So um, that was odd and difficult. So, yeah. um, but she ha- we have had a lot of support from a lot of supporting pastors, a lot of supporting churches that are willing, hey, if she ever needs anything, she can call us. Yeah. Uh, but our sending tr- church, uh, Joshua Baptist, is um, behind her 110%. Yeah. So if she ever needs anything, I know she'll be taken care of. But uh, to be honest, we'd much rather be here for her. Um, but Uh, I guess we'd much rather be in God's will and doing that. Mm -hmm. And uh, so it'll be difficult to be that far away from her uh, whenever she is sad. But she did have, uh, you know, people getting along and becoming friends and being friendly is is difficult for me, Uh, not difficult for some other people. But she seems to get along. Uh, But she went to a special night. Uh, of just missionary kids mm-hmm. and they were going around the room saying what is something special about your country and she loves Thailand she loves Thai food she mm-hmm. loves the Thai people yeah. and so connecting with other people that uh, maybe are not like her is difficult and one young girl said that uh, one thing that she missed or one thing she loved was cow niao which is uh, sticky rice and so when Faith heard that she was like ah I like cow niao too. She's like, who are you? Where are you from? And so she met uh, another young girl that was a missionary from uh, Laos. Laos. Yeah. And so uh, Laos and Thai are similar in culture and also similar in language. And so uh, one day she FaceTimed us and they were both speaking in Thai Mm. to one another. And Mm. so uh, it was, it's special how the Lord can, uh, can bring things together. And whenever you're upset and bothered and uh, as a parent and worried then Mm -hmm. you're like oh my goodness it looks like the lord can really work work things out to make things extra special in that particular aspect 
In our conversation earlier today when you were giving an update on your ministry, we talked about, and you talked about a little bit about uh, how missionary kids are sometimes what we would call third culture children. Mm-hmm. And that means, and we've talked about that on the podcast before, they don't fully fit into the Thai culture. They don't fully fit into the culture of the United States. Nobody fully fits into the culture of California. <laughs> and, uh, true. <laughs> sorry, my California friends, but it's true. And um, <laughs> I've been there enough times, lived very close to there. And But you mentioned that you realized that and you did something in your home to kind of help prepare um, your children so that when they came back to the United States, it wouldn't be such a culture shock. I kind of wish we had done that when we moved back we went into culture shock moving from just from Canada into the United States my family my wife and I both went into culture shock mm. for a number of different reasons I think it was the time we moved back and and, and the country was in such a transition mm. point at that at that time and all but maybe if you could just recount some of the things you did earlier mm-hmm. uh, before we were here for the podcast on how you made your home a place to help them prepare for the culture? I would say that one of the things that our kids asked us, like when we were preparing, like we're about to board the plane, we're about to get on the plane, we're going to Thailand. Like, of course, the kids and I had never been. Only Brian had ever stepped foot in Thailand. So it was all of us packing our bags, gathering everything that we knew as home, you know, as American. And one thing that our kids said was, well, I have a bedroom there. And we giggled or snickered at that because it was like, no, all the kids in other countries don't have bedrooms, you know, and just kind of <laughs> made light of it and things like that. Yeah. But then we realized that our kids were not snickering. They were being very serious. Like they had no clue or concept of this imagination of what Thailand was other than some photos that we had shown them. So um, when we went to the field, our kids were nine and 11 years old. So they have had experience of America and grandparents and family and our home church and things of that nature. And so they had a lot of relationships here. And so it was one of our goals was initially, as soon as we landed, you know, boots on the ground, so to speak, in Thailand was our home would always be a place that they would feel comfortable, that this would be something Mm. that would remind them or maybe not even remind them of America, because I don't know that that was a necessity, but something that made them feel comfortable. We wanted them to feel that they knew the place, that they would recognize it. And so we wanted home to be, I guess you would say, American style. And so that is one thing that I would I guess from the very get-go, we always have decided to make our home a very American home. We had one missionary family come in, and she came into our home, and she's like, oh, I didn't know you could make your home look like an American home. She goes, every home I've been into is is Thai. And I was like, we've done that on purpose so that when our kids come in, our home is an oasis to them, an escape to them. And so um, also... Uh, my wife makes a big deal about uh, any type of special holiday. Birthdays are a big blowout day. Fourth uh, of July is a big day. Um, our Thanksgiving, we try to have as close to Thanksgiving food as we can. We Christmas try. is a huge deal. We have stockings that we hang up, which, uh, of course, is uh, there is no chimneys in Thailand at all, <laughs> as far as I know. And so my wife designed and built something that would hang stockings, and so we have that. Uh, we watch football in our home. We watch baseball and, and the kids. And so uh, uh, just the other day, uh, Faith asked me, she was like, Hey, Dad, uh, I'm super busy, but I need to watch the Cowboys game to see how they do this year. And uh, so we just... Uh, we have just an American style that we like. Now, when we leave, we don't push that American no. culture 
on the people of Thailand because that's not our goal. Our goal is not to to have a, an American church. Our goal is to have a Thai church with Thai people that just happens to have an American missionary in the church. Mm-hmm. And so uh, it's kind of uh, a dual life that we have, but we figured we wanted our kids to transition uh, back to America as best that they could. Yes. And they're willing to come and serve God in time if that's what God wants them to be. But more than likely, I would say the percentage is the kids are going to go back to America and have to live in America and uh, go back to that. But I think as Christians also, uh, we would consider ourselves as a third culture also, that another culture that doesn't get along with uh, other people and the way that they live and the way that they act. So that's difficult sometimes also. And I'm sure being a Christian is difficult in California since yeah. you know California. <laughs> <laughs> but as you talk about making your home kind of an American home, mm-hmm. how have the Thai people responded to that as they've come into your home? Is it is it something that captures their attention and becomes a conversation point? Or is it something that they look at and they say, well, that's really strange, or maybe a combination of all of that? Well, we do have people over at our house all the time. Yes. We, we love to entertain. Um, we have many missionary families come over, and uh, we cook for them and have them. And so we do the same thing with the Thai people. Our church come over, and they love to... Uh, try new things. So when they come mm. over to our home, they expect an American experience, American food, American snacks, American fun, because not like we're trying to push that on them, mm. but we're good at those things. There's no reason for us to cook Thai food for the Thai people because it's not going to be as good. Mm-hmm. We'll go buy it on the street and bring it in. And so just our last big Christmas party, I guess we had Oh, 40 or 50 people from the church come over. And we had kamangai, which is chicken rice that we bought from the shop that's near our home that's fantastic. But then we also cooked hamburgers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so the people in, in our church, mostly the young people, or more the young people, they're like, we want hamburgers. We want American food. <laughs> yes. We want stuff that we know that you cook well. So we had half chicken and rice, half hamburgers. And I think the hamburgers were all gone, but the chicken and rice still had some leftovers. Yes. So uh, we want to give them a fun experience. We love to entertain and have fun. And so uh, when they come in, we put these big, huge spreads on. And, of course, the... They see things that they've never had, never tasted, and so it's like, what is this? How do I eat this? And they see us doing that every single Sunday when we have lunch, mm-hmm. and they bring something that we don't know. And uh, we're willing to try, and we don't always like the Thai food. And when they come, they're willing to try, and they don't always like the American food. But <laughs> right. it's an experience every time someone comes to our home. So, But we do try to decorate the inside of the home with Scripture and just daily reminders, just continually trying to put things forth, whether it's our missionary, our, our memory verse of the week, or, you know, a plaque that we've hung somewhere or something. And so a lot of the Thai people that have entered our home, that's the first thing they recognize is that God's word is in our home. And it's not just in our Bible or on our phones. You know, it's actually written out and they can see it. And so for many, that's the first thing that they notice. And they talk about how that's such an encouragement to them. And they're like, I'm going home to reduplicate that type of, a, you know, a picture or a reminder or even just, you know, making a post-it note and sticking it on their mirror in their bathroom or something, you know, so that way they can realize that it's important for us to continually, you know, seek the Lord. But also sometimes whenever it's a challenging day, it's harder to find maybe those blessings, but having different things written on the wall or different reminders or pictures of events and things like that is a huge help. And so we have seen that as a reward or a blessing with our 
Thai friends and family. So, as so well. we do make it American home, but we do make it a Christian home also. I didn't make sure that's clear. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a difference. You mean they're not the same? <laughs> <laughs> there's a difference as well. That's true. Well, one of the things I think is is neat, and this is the 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 conversation continues for hundreds of years of missions, is how much. You know, does that should that missionary adjust to becoming like the country they're in? You always mm-hmm. hear the famous stories of Amy Carmichael becoming like, yes. you know, an Indian, um, except for her eyes, and that was the one thing that made her stand out. That made everyone. Uh, and then you have others that don't adjust, and sometimes people see that as a pro or a con in their ministry. But I love what you guys are doing. Is that it's you're making you're you, but you're making it as a gateway to connect with people by which then to try to um, represent Christ mm-hmm. and be something fun rather than, oh, those those cones, they're just those Americans. Mm-hmm. But you're, you're trying to bridge that gap in a very good and healthy way. And I, and I think that's, that's awesome. Obviously, different families would do different things, mm-hmm. of course, and that you know, works for them. Again, for every Amy Carmichael, there's someone else who never never bridges that gap in any way because they just stay the way they're sure. supposed to and, and that may not be, that may work for them uh, in their way. Well, let me ask you this, we'll transition just a bit into just talking about Thailand and of course uh, you know anyone who's listened to some of the episodes of this knows my heart for Southeast Asia um, and it, I, one of the things that I just am always amazed at and it's kind of a, and not in a good way is just the lack of understanding of Christianity across many nations of Southeast Asia. Thailand is one of those ones you can easily point a finger at and say, look, less than 1% would identify with Christianity. And that's the big broad brush of Christianity (laughs) under which many, many types of forms of Christianity (laughs) fall under. So what is, what is that like? I I mean, We'll start big and then kind of narrow down. What is that like to to when ninety nine percent of the country doesn't understand, follow, identify with what you are, what's at the core of who you are? What is that like, just in a general sense? And then obviously we'll bring it down later into talk about how do you minister mm. in that way. Well, I, I would say, I mean, every day. Uh, you see signs of Buddhism in the people, in the architecture. Mm-hmm. Uh, every neighborhood, every nearly every street corner has some sort of spirit house, some sort of uh, worshiping Buddha or the spirits or the um, the Hindu gods that they have adopted. And so it's in your face all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wouldn't say there's hardcore worshiping Buddhists as like a country like Cambodia, mm-hmm. uh, but it's a part of their culture. Every holiday that's in Thailand is a Buddhist holiday. Uh, everything uh, that surrounds them uh, has the tenets of Buddhism. And some people are hardcore believers and some people are passive believers, but they still all have the same type of culture. So the culture is inbred in all the time. And so if you ever run into uh, a Christian or when you're talking about God and someone else says, oh, yeah, I'm a Christian, it just blows you away. You're taken aback. Mm-hmm. You're, you almost don't know what to say because it happens so infrequently. Um, I remember one time at an ice cream shop, a lady had told me she was a Christian, and I stumbled upon my words afterwards because I had no idea what to say. Uh, right before uh, uh, we, lo- we came back, Hudson and I were in a, a barber shop, and they were playing Christian music, and I could hear it, and I was like, 
wow, what in the world are they playing Christian music? And I asked the barber, and, and she knew we were missionaries. I talked to her about the Lord several times. And I said, you're playing Christian music. She goes, oh, I had no idea. Mm. It, was, it was English Christian music, and she had no idea. And so then I, she said, but I didn't choose the music. The lady at the front did. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, then she's a Christian. So I went to her, and I was like, hey, you chose this music for the day. It's Christian music. And, of course, she's like, oh, no, I had no idea. I just chose something. So it's just in, in America— most people would know the difference between music that talks about God and music that doesn't. Uh, these people just had no idea about uh, music that would uh, that was praising and, and worshiping God in this particular thing. And so uh, they are not, uh, Thai people are not ignorant people mm-hmm. or not intellectual people, but they are ignorant of the fact that, that there is a God, that most of them have not heard uh, the story of uh, any story in the Bible, no. like most people in America, whether they believe in God or not, they know these simple, basic stories. And these people in Thailand have never heard these stories. Mm-hmm. And so um, you're amazed if you ever run into a Christian. And it's super exciting and super encouraging when you do run into a Christian. So Even seeing Christian paraphernalia, if we see a shirt or, you know, something along that, somebody has a handbag or something and it has Christian uh, either references or like the Christian little fish symbol with the Bible scripture or something. Our entire family is excited when we see I remember, anything. I remember being at a Thai restaurant and a young girl, a teenage girl, had a, a shirt with a cross on it. Yeah. And it had uh, either John three sixteen or something written across uh, the cross. And I went up to her and I was like, ah. Oh. I said, oh, you're a Christian. She goes, no. And I was like, well, you're sure it has a cross, and, and that's a Bible verse. And she's like, uh, no, I had no idea. I just bought this T-shirt. So they mm-hmm. just have no idea. It's just mm-hmm. a, 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 it's disheartening mm-hmm. uh, that the people just don't know. And so um, we, our goal, we want to have everyone that run into at least have an opportunity to hear about Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Well, I have... About 10 more questions <laughs> in about 30 more seconds. But since Brother Madoff is your director, I am going to yield the floor to him for one final question, and, and then we're going to wrap up from there. You know this must be the special episode <laughs> to do that. Um, obviously, Buddhism is completely different than Christianity in every sense it's not even in this there's 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 not similarities mm-hmm. in any way you can even argue you know kind of Islam and, and Christianity have some right. similarities sure. in it you know about Jesus about uh, heaven and things though they're different sure Buddhism is completely different they don't even believe in a main deity they mm-hmm. believe in deities and spirits and God and mm-hmm. gods and devils and things but so how how do you go back go about trying to introduce them to Jesus is there interest do they just assume oh you're the westerner so you're going to be Christian and so they just kind of dismiss it as that do what are some things that you find that just help kind of pique the interest I guess of folks to try to further a conversation to take them from something that's completely foreign to them to you know help them to at least get their mind wrapped around it's not just a culture, but it is a, a a person in Jesus Christ. So if anyone comes into our church that doesn't know anything, we take certain aspects of the Bible, thoughts of the Bible, and teach them, and, and they slowly can learn. But someone on the street that has no idea, never heard of God, all, there's only one thing that 
that is slightly somewhat similar in Buddhism and Christianity, and that's the thought or idea of eternity. Now, as a Christian, we believe uh, you receive Jesus Christ, your Savior, uh, spend your eternity in heaven. Uh, they believe that after years of trying and doing better, that you reincarnate, reincarnate, eventually reach nirvana. And so that is a, is a term, eternity. And a common question in when we're trying to witness to someone is, if you died today, do you know for sure uh, where you'd spend eternity? Do you know for sure where you'd go? And so, you know, people here, yeah, I know I'll go to heaven. I don't know. Well, people in, in Thailand, they do not know where they'll spend eternity. They don't know their next life will be good or bad. They don't know for sure when they will ever reach nirvana. They don't know it. So they have that same answer. No, I don't know. And then my answer is, I have a Bible and it tells you exactly where it, it tells you that you can know 100% mm -hmm. sure and then they they have an idea of heaven uh, somewhat mm -hmm. but of course it's it's quite different but they have the idea of they will spend eternity somewhere mm -hmm. and then I tell them about heaven and about our God and about how Jesus loves them it's difficult for them to understand a God that loves them and gave uh, his life for them and they don't have to do anything to receive the gift because they're used to doing things to reach a certain point in their life. So um, eternity is what we talk what we talk about them and said, do you know where you'll be? And they don't know. And so then we tell them about heaven. Oh, it's fascinating. Well, I wish we had a lot more time, but we don't. And so thank you for spending uh, a part of your day with us on this podcast. We're going to put the Cone's uh, contact info in the show notes. Perhaps there's a, a pastor there that's listening and would like to support a missionary in Thailand. And uh, so we'll include their contact info there in the show notes. We want to thank everybody who is listening today and has taken the time to spend this time with us. And again, thank you for allowing us to have this podcast and ministry for the last 52 weeks. We look forward to what the Lord holds in the future. And until next time, have a great week in the Lord. Mm -hmm.